What's going on, Blue Jays fans? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Blue Jays. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Lucas Weiss. I want to just say a huge thank you right off the top to all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays their first listen of the day. Of course, you can find all my work on Twitter at We Sports, where I'm appearing in Sportsnet, ESPN's The Undefeated, the Toronto Star, as well as play-by-play broadcasting for Saga 960 AM Radio. Of course, you can find Lockdown Blue Jays wherever you get your podcast. It is free and available on all platforms, including Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, we have a busy one for you today. We're going to be breaking down Randall Gritchick on this edition of the player review, continuing, of course, our off-season content of the Toronto Blue Jays. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on my lovely co-host, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I actually have a I have a quick question for you off the top here before we dive in. Okay. Um <laughs> Houston versus Atlanta. Do you have a prediction? Wow. I mean, first of all, great that we're talking about this off the top, by the way, like two teams, very hard to root for either of them as someone who follows the Blue Jays. And and I'm sure you can imagine Blue Jays fans are feeling the same way. I think there are certain people, though, that have good stories. I think Dusty Baker, the Houston Astros manager, I think is a really good story. 19 years removed from his first World Series appearance as a manager. Of course, on the brave side, Alex Anthopoulos is, you know, a, a feel-good story. Just given what he did in Toronto towards the end of his time here. But prediction time, though, I'm going to go the Astros. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go the other direction, and I'm going to okay. say Atlanta. Um, don't know. Just seems like a feel-good story. You know, 88 wins and... Here they are, all those, uh, you know, deadline moves that they made. It seemed to have paid off for them. And then the little Blue Jays connection, of course, with Alex Anthopoulos. I don't know. Uh, you're right. Both teams are in their own way a little difficult to root for for different reasons. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and take Atlanta. So we'll see. I think it's going to be just fascinating to see just – if if people are even going to tune into this World Series, because I think that again, <laughs> you know, I, I look both fan bases will obviously tune in, but if, from a national perspective, I mean, so many people don't like the Astros from the cheating scandal, and Atlanta is sort of a small-ish market compared to, let's say, mm-hmm. the, the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers or uh, some other teams. So it'll be interesting to see in that sense, but. It kind of feels going in very similar to the 2019 World Series where, you know, the Washington Nationals were, you know, not a great regular season team by any means. They go on to the wild card game and they go on this miracle run to then beat, of course, the favorites at the time there, the Houston Astros. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, But to to me, when I think of Atlanta – potentially winning i think of the fact that you mentioned it 88 wins three less than the blue jays but also the fact that the blue jays whipped atlanta earlier in the season 
Right. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah. it's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, it, it, it's also interesting that you noted that this, you know, may not exactly be a well-viewed uh, World Series in terms of, you know, the ratings. It's certainly not what MLB probably would have would have preferred if they had their had their choices. But yeah, no, I think it should be I think it should be interesting. And, uh, you know, we'll see. So before we, we, we talk about Randall Grichek, I, I wanted to chat with you, Jen, about uh, some, some news that came in. Um, we're, we're recording this episode um, on Sunday night. Um, news that came in on October 24th. Um, the, the headline is Major League Baseball hurtling toward work stoppage on December the 2nd. Of course, this would be baseball's ninth work stoppage if that were to be the case take that for what you will first in 26 years obviously as the article suggests negotiate um, this is of course from the associated press negotiations have been taking place since last spring and each side thinks the other has not made proposals that will lead toward an agreement replacing the five-year contract that expires at 11:59 p.m eastern on december 1st Obviously, we will get more in depth as this date approaches, but it is fast approaching. I mean, it, it is, you know, a month and a little bit away, um, you know, in terms of when that contract will expire. But Jen, just your overall impression, because I know that we talked last week in Mark Shapiro's media availability, he, of course, said that, oh, you know, he's pretty confident things are going to get towards an agreement. I was a little bit skeptical and here we are. Yes, I, I was skeptical as well. I think that's something that Mark Shapiro sort of has to say. Um, I've been sort of saying all along, I think that there will be a work stoppage. I don't think that there is going to be a deal by that deadline. And based on this report, it certainly sounds like the two sides are just at the moment, you know, too far apart on several different issues, um, including, you know, things like the luxury tax threshold and whatnot. Um, and so it just seems it, it seems inevitable to me and it has all the way along. Um, and, you know, we're, yeah, we're five weeks out about that uh, from the deadline. And to me, because this is what I've always sort of thought along the way, it this seems to me like this is the direction that things are headed in. And so then, of course, obviously, what does that mean? You know, it certainly means that free agents are not going to get signed anytime soon. Uh, the report mentioned a possible lockout by Major League Baseball to prevent any free agents from signing uh, you know, in that sort of small window of time between the World Series, you know, ending and the deadline uh, for the contracts. Um, so it, there might not be anything that happens during this offseason. It might be, you know, that we're waiting until, you know, first of all, when do they reach a deal? When is, you know, frigency then open? When does spring training start? It's a mess. It certainly is a big mess. And I think before we sort of, you know, you know, briefly get into on this podcast, some of the bigger, you know, high level 
topics that are being discussed when when they're looking at the CBA. I mean, I think what needs to be to me at the forefront is the fact that the fans lose out ultimately, right? Especially if sure. a work stoppage and a, a potential lockout linger uh, far, you know, to maybe potentially threatening a season, right? I mean, we, mm-hmm. we saw, and, and look, in baseball, there's precedence for this, right? Like in 1994, they canceled the World Series. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about the World Series off the top, the MLB and the MLBPA canceled the World Series because of the work stoppage that they, that they, that they couldn't right. come to an agreement. Now, I'm not here to suggest that 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 you know employees shouldn't you know um, advocate for their own collective bargaining rights. I mean, I you know I, I believe in the, you know even though these are very wealthy players here in this negotiation, I still believe that players should 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 fight for that right they, they should fight for you know s- stuff that they believe in but i do think though that if, if this does linger and both sides are so entrenched in their mistrust with one another and uh, you know on their particular side i just think it's the fans that ultimately lose out because baseball is, is struggling in terms of growing mm-hmm. the game reaching younger audiences and this does not do that any favors well the players certainly are wealthy the owners have even greater wealth so you know ultimately as you said it's the fans that are going to lose out in terms of being able to you know have that have that entertainment value in their lives a lot of people you know, sports, baseball, that's for escape. And, you know, depending on how long a work stoppage might continue, it it is very difficult. And some fans, you know, may not come back after a work stoppage, depending on, you know, how into baseball those particular fans are. They find other interests to fill that time. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly where this is headed but it does seem to me like i said the work stoppage is inevitable and you know uh it it makes it really difficult then for any for anything to 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 really be discussed right because it's all up in the air at the moment and in the case of how this relates to the blue jays you know the the robbie ray yeah, Marcus Semyon talks. Those those are going to be put on pause. And look, the Blue Jays have a very busy off season, and and obviously it's important to have a collective bargaining agreement. But this can't help uh, you know the process along when, of course, you know all these things are sort of lingering um, in, in terms of what they need to get done. You know, they, they have to balance, of course need to get done these deals and and other deals that we don't even know about that we can speculate and and now of course you have uh this uh cba potential work stoppage uh, hanging over everything well exactly right and and the blue jays you know we've discussed it they need to go out and you know find themselves at least one starting pitcher a you know, a third baseman, they need to make sure that their bullpen is solid. 
Like there's all sorts of things that they need to do, um, you know, possible extension talks with certain players. And as you said, you have to hit the pause button on all of that because everything is up in the air. So first of all, you can't negotiate with the players, uh, you know, if the contract does expire um, or if there's a lockout ahead of that. Um, there's question marks as to what the luxury tax threshold might actually be and, you know, other salary implications. So it makes it even just difficult to plan your off season whenever that ends up beginning, if you don't know parameters are that you're planning for. And the last thing I will say to make even matters more complicated. And I alluded to this a little bit earlier is the massive distrust between both parties. And I think that does not add any optimism, certainly from someone on the outside looking in and for fans, it's certainly not optimistic either. So it'll be interesting to see this unfold. Of course, we'll talk more about it as the the, the, the deadline gets closer and, and hopefully, hopefully things eventually will get to an agreement where there will be a CBA in place. And hopefully in 2022, full 162 games are played and a full season can take place starting on time in April. We though are going to, put that conversation table that for another day about CBA and, and work stoppage. We're going to talk about Randall Grinchek. I don't know if that's more exciting or not. I, I think it is talking <laughs> about players personally, but uh, that, that that's just my opinion. But anyway, we will talk about Randall Grinchek's 2021 MLB season with the Toronto Blue Jays next. But first let me talk to you about direct TV. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. Lucas Weiss, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. We're continuing our player reviews today. I want to thank everyone to making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. Randall Grinchick, Jen. Mm-hmm. Came into this season as an interesting uh, piece to this team. Because, of course, with, with the George Springer acquisition, you had, of course, four outfielders. Teoscar, Randall, George, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm-hmm. And I think as the season ended, I think like it started, he was the number four of those four. And I think as it ended, I think it sort of ended the same way. He He's sort of the fourth outfielder of that uh, core four of, of outfielders there. Oh, absolutely. So let's just backtrack a moment. So in 2019, he signs this five-year extension worth $52 million for an average annual value of $10.4 million. What did you think of the contract at that time? Did you have thoughts or do you remember what your opinion was of it at the time it was signed? So my thoughts were why. Like I, like, like I, like I remember <laughs> asking why yep. because... 
because the team was not in a great place. And then you sign someone who's to that term who, you know, just hasn't, you know, who just didn't have a history or a, a, a evidence to suggest that he, that he earned that. Now, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, I remember, talked about, well, he's going to provide experience and all that. But I think now, you know, again, like he's still that number four outfielder in the the core roster outfielders. Yeah, I remember thinking that the term and the value seemed proportionate to his history. Um, and I, you know, I guess really they signed him, they locked him up because there were other variables that were sort of up in the air. They were trying to kind of rebuild and had this young, inex very inexperienced core. And they wanted somebody, I guess, who at least brought some, uh, some experience and some stability. Um, and I actually interviewed um, Randall Grichuk in April, 2019. So shortly, you know, when he was just starting this contract and he said, and I quote, I feel like them offering me shows me that they like me. They're giving confidence in me. That was what he said about it. Um, and just, you know, to note that he signed uh, on the same day that they announced that Kevin Pillar had been traded. So just, you know, sort of to kind of wrap all of that up. Um, so, yeah, obviously offer a player that of a contract with that term just confidence and then fast forward to last offseason and they go ahead and they sign George Springer to the largest contract that the team has ever given out right which was a clear acknowledgement you know that they they needed uh first of all they needed a better center fielder in terms of production at the plate um you know and you're not going to you're not going to bypass somebody like George Springer if you can afford him just because you have Randall Grichuk in the fold. So that automatically made him, like you said, the fourth outfielder. Um, clearly, he was valuable this season in terms of the fact that Springer was injured for so long. But it is clear that when Springer is healthy and you've got uh, Guriel in left and Hernandez in right, that Randall Grichuk is sort of that fourth outfielder, sort of that odd man out. So, you know, um, I guess one of the things we can we should definitely sort of address here is is what what might be the future for him with this with this team. Well, we'll certainly do that. Um, yeah, in the upcoming segment. But in terms of just this season, because I think. The, the crazy thing about Randall is that going into the season after the Springer sign, like I just said, I thought, okay, this is going to be the fourth outfielder. And maybe if he does okay, I was thinking maybe, maybe there, there's some universe where you might deal him at the deadline. Like I remember that was a popular <laughs> topic going into the season because of Springer. But the thing is Springer got hurt. And then right. Randall Grichik had to be used a lot more. Of course, he had a great start to the season for, for all that's worth. I mean, he, he slashed 282, 333, 506 by the end of April. Now, again, it, it is April. 
keep in mind. Yep. But he had five home runs, 17 RBIs, and a .839 OPS in that stretch. And he would hover around those stats, Jen, until about June. But then it really declined. And then to make matters even more complicated, of course, you know, Corey Dickerson comes into the fold. So, and, and Corey Dickerson provided a little bit more impact and, and production than Randall did. So, again, by the end... Not only might he be, you know, you know, towards the bottom of those outfielders, but even maybe lower of a, a stock or a value, just given how the season ended. Yeah, he came out hot, and you know, sort of the quintessential Randall Grichuk hot streak that fans have come to know and love slash hate. Uh, every season um but yeah he had a, a really good april um he had a very similar may fast forward to july and he slashed 197 224 423 still did hit five home runs that month but in august in august he slashed 165 258 291 with just two home runs and, you know, he really got to a point where he, he really wasn't playable because he was all, almost an automatic out, right? Um, he finished the season with a weighted runs created plus of 85, which is the lowest in his career. Um, he put up a, a 0 0.5 or sorry, 0 0.4 F war in 149 games. He put up 0.5 F4 last year in just 55. So this was not a particularly good season for Randall. No, it certainly wasn't. And look, I think, look, his outfielding is fine, right? Like, yep. you know, you, you, you look at... Uh, you know, he split time between center and right field. He would craft a, a minus two and a six BDRS, respectively. He made some incredible catches. I mean, I, I think back to that September 5th game against the Orioles. I mean, you know, so, so you, you, you can count on Randall defensively to not be a huge liability. But the Blue Jays paid Randall Grichik for the bats, the offense, and, and plus the intangibles that we talked about earlier. And man, if, if, if the bats aren't working, this is, you know, a real sunk asset for the Blue Jays. And, and for me, you know, I just don't see, you know, how, you know Randall, can, can he improve from this? Who knows, right? Because I just think this is who he is. I think he's just someone who is very streaky. Oh, he, this is who exactly who he is. Um, and I sort of, you know, joke tweeted during the season uh, when he was in the midst of, you know, several really bad games, bad at bats. And I said, you know, never let a future Randall Grichik hot streak fool you into thinking <laughs> that he's somehow changed. Right. Because, it seems like every season when he does go on his hot streak, fans get excited. Maybe he's figured something out, you know, he's laying off, you know, bad pitches and, 
you know, absolutely teeing off on the ones that he does make contact with. And there's this hope, I think, that maybe he's actually figured something out and inevitably the bat goes cold again. And those cold streaks are, are long. And so I think exactly this is who he is. And so they're paying an awful lot of money to a guy who at different points, really in a season, you don't want to send him to the plate. His, he's not giving competitive at bats. Um, his walk rate is in the fifth percentile, which is incredibly poor. You know, I mean, what do you do with that? Uh, his outs above average is also uh, measured as being quite poor by baseball savants. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that as a fourth outfielder, he is certainly serviceable, right? And you could maybe platoon him, give him some time at DH here or there. But when you're paying him an average of $10.4 million a season, that's where it's to kind of put the two, the two sides together. With MLB analyst Jen Smith, this is the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. We're talking about Randall Gritchick as part of our player review off-season series on the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, let's check in with our friends at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's truly something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange cookies and cream are, are some of the popular uh, flavor choices. Now, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. You can go, you cannot go wrong with Built Bar. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast. Lucas Weiss, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. I want to thank once again all the listeners for making Lockdown Blue Jays your first listen of the day. So, Jen, Randall Grinchick's future with the Toronto Blue Jays, I think, is fascinating because, mm-hmm. again, I go back to the point where, you know, you know, prior to maybe the 2019 season where he signed that contract, I mean, maybe could have some, you know, qualms with that or whatnot, but the situation has certainly changed with not only the Springer edition, but then the impending raise in Teoscar Hernandez going to arbitration, what he's going to get in arbitration, and perhaps what the Blue Jays have to spend on, on guys going forward. And for me, at first glance, I just think the Blue Jays can find a better way to spend the $20.6 million that's owed to Randall Gritchick over the next two seasons than paying him to be a bench player. Oh, I think if they can trade him and his contract, they, they would. Whether or not get a team to take that contract or they would have to take a bad contract in return or eat some money, that's, that's the big question, right? 
So what are you actually able to get in a trade for Randall Grichuk? And, you know, does it make sense if you are, you know, just exchanging one, this contract for a bad contract coming back your way, right? So I'm sure though, that this is something the Blue Jays have and will explore. Well, it only makes sense. And it goes back to what we've talked about in this podcast before. We hear the the language of the front office, Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro. They want to win now. They want, you know, Ross Atkins says he wants to go all in. Mark Shapiro, it's about getting better as a roster. And you have to think about all the different ways you can get better. And one of these ways is to find a better piece than Randall Gritchick, given the money that's being owed to Randall. But the, but the question is, if I'm a front office of another ball club, why would I take Randall Gritchick on though? That to me is the right. big, that's the big question mark that to me is so concerning for Blue Jays fans is, you know, front offices are smart. They see Randall Gritchick hits. They see his inconsistency. They see when the games get bigger, he doesn't have those, as you say, competitive at-bats. So for me, it's going to be challenging. Now, you look at some of the teams that that may be looking for some outfield help. I mean, you know, the Oakland Athletics come to mind. The Seattle Mariners come to mind. But the question is, is are, are they going to be willing to, A, take that offer, or B, are they going to be willing to want other pieces involved in that deal? Who knows? But I do think that the money that you could open up by getting rid of it and offshoring Gritchick's contract is you could spend on guys like Vladi, Teoscar, maybe Bo, Jose Barreos, who we talked about on a previous episode. That is who you want to keep along. Guys that are going to provide long-term value for the franchise. Agreed. Um, the Blue Jays are not trading this contract to a competitive team without either giving up more in addition to Randall Grichuk, or as I said, taking a bad contract back the other way, eating salary, something of that, of that nature. Um, you know, I don't know if there would be a rebuilding team out there who like the Jays when they extended him would look at him and say, you know, for the two years of, of, you know, veteran experience that he brings, you know, versus, you know, the, the inexperienced, you know, team that we have that we're trying to build, maybe we'd be willing to take that on. I don't know if there would be a team in that position, um, but I do think, yeah, I think that the Jays are going to, if at all possible, need to get rid of that contract because, you know, he's your fourth outfielder. So he's not going to get that much time unless you want to give, you know, let's say Tay Oscar or Springer uh, a bit of a break and have them either, you know, have a day off or, or DH. Right. And then that's when, you know, Randall would go out there. If he's not competitive with his at bats, you really don't want him as your DH. You don't want him tying up that spot when there are other players in the lineup who could, you know, give better at bats at the DH position. 
Um, you know, he might be okay to platoon with somebody like a Corey Dickerson, but again, now you've got five outfielders, you know, sort of two for one position and you're still paying Randall a lot of money to not do very much. So I think it's clear from this conversation that one, <laughs> the, the, the inconsistencies are still going to be there with Randall Grichek. And, and that's just, you know, what, 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 what we've seen and what it's just going to continue to be going forward. It seems like where you, you, you can't get too high on these hot streaks because the cold streak is ice cold. But I think the bigger picture is, as we wrap up this episode, Randall Grinchick is probably not going to be part of the Blue Jays' long-term plans. And I think as this offseason goes along, as the years go on, the Blue Jays are going to be looking to A, get better, but B, have money available to lock up the best players on this team. And if that means getting rid of Randall Grinchick's contract, I'm okay with it. Jen, MLB analyst Jen Smith, where can people find you on Twitter to get your Randall Grichik takes? <laughs> you can find me at baseball underscore Jen, and that's Jen with two N's. Amazing. MLB Definitely analyst. follow me yeah. for the Randall Grichik takes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, that plus much more in terms of your great baseball analysis. analysis you should definitely follow MLB analyst Jen Smith. Well, anyway, guys. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Blue Jays your first listen of the day, every day. Again, we're going to be continuing our player reviews throughout this week. And stay tuned for the mailbag episode. Yes, we've been continuing to field your questions. We're going to be continuing to gather the questions that come in the mailbag and have a full mailbag episode on the podcast. So if you haven't asked a question, please DM Jen or myself. Tweet at, at us, email us, and we will get to your questions at that mailbag episode, which will happen at the end of this week. Now, make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Aram Layton is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. So Locked on MLB Prospects is free and available on all platforms. Locked on Blue Jays, it's also free and available on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. All right, everyone, for this episode of Locked on Blue Jays, I'm your co-host, Lucas Weiss. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again soon.